<clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Asli podcast. Uh, by now you should know my name of course is Ali Kameha and today is Thursday's podcast. So if you don't know the schedule and you missed the schedule, I'm going to repeat it for you. Tuesdays. So we're going to have a podcast on Monday and Tuesday. Monday is going to be a weekend recap. Tuesday, conspiracy theory or not. <clears throat> Thursday, which is today, I'm going to give you guys a breakdown of UFC 261. Uh, there really isn't a big boxing card for this week. So we're just going to stick to UFC. So let's get, before I get started... I want to talk to you guys about <clears throat> sending emails or anything like that. The only reason I tell people or I tell you guys, send me emails if you guys have any questions, uh, things to get better, segments, things like that. Because sometimes, as we see, if we don't run things by people first, outside our bubble things that to us might seem normal could make us look crazy look at every, the Europa Super League there's a lot of things in life without consulting the other people outside the bu outside your bubble it's always good to have a different perspective and like anxiety things like that the way I always looked at anxiety was anxiety always gave me less. I always made me feel like I had less options than I really do. When I get into certain situations before I was before I actually knew what anxiety was, which is crazy. I'm 30 years old and I honestly can tell you I like started to learn more about my body and myself and my mind in the last two years. I can now tell when I'm nervous and when I just have anxiety about something and it's and it's there for no reason. And what it does is it just makes me feel like I have less options than I do. Now that I'm able to recognize when that when I'm in that stage, it helps me calm it down right away. I can get control of it. I'd be like, oh, nah, this is just anxiety. And why am I having it? What is it? Is it because I'm out of place? What's making me feel like this? Or I'll start looking and I'll be like, yo, there's no reason. These are just my boys. Man, this is nothing. I shouldn't feel like this. Take it down. When you don't know what something is, and you know what people say, you end up, what, self-medicating. I did that without even knowing that what that was. It is what it is. Is that what I was doing was self-medicating? And I did it with um, opioids. I didn't do alcohol, weed, none of that. 
Because I never liked that kind of stuff. Because that controlled your mind. Which is weird. Because that, like, to me, those drugs would, like, literally, like, alter your mind. Like, you get high, you got drunk. You know? There was, like, a different state of mind. Percocets was just, it just calmed you down. That's how I looked at it. It was like, oh, this just, like, it doesn't change me. I don't become whatever. It just, you know, it calmed me down. Obviously, if you know anything about opiates, you know, if you start relying on them to calm you down in life, <laughs> um, it can get out of hand. And I, the craziest thing about them is I feel the way they get advertised is bullshit. Like these should be advertised as heroin. Because if you keep telling people, yeah, you, so you're, you need to take a pill of heroin. Your people will get it in their head that they're taking heroin. Instead of this like commercialized, oh, perks. Man, we used to call them Skittles. Because of the amount we used to take. I'm telling you, used to take them to calm down. Because I didn't know what anxiety was or all, all that other shit. <clears throat> no weed, no alcohol. And I think that helped me. That I never drank or mixed other drugs with it. Because I probably would have overdosed or died. God forbid if I did with the amount that I was taking. Um... But like I said, with anxiety, you always feel like you have less options. So that's why if anybody ever needs to talk about anything or whatever it is, man, shoot me an email. I'm here. I'll help whichever way I can. But now, what I also... Oh, speaking of things... I hate freemium shit. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm listening, so Spotify, I went and paid for the premium version. Because I hated Apple uh, Music. Apple Music's algorithm, or maybe they're just music, was horrible. So I got Spotify because also Joe Rogan got spot was exclusively on Spotify so I was like you know what I might as well just make that jump I hate when I pay for something and I still get ads do not give me ads isn't that the whole point of paying for something like YouTube premium do they still put ads do they just cut it down to like a three second ad because even the zone does that. So the zone app, I pay a monthly subscription. And and even when I want to watch games or not like games, sorry, when I want to watch highlights of games that were exclusively on the zone, they try to put like three commercials. 
What? Isn't that the whole point that I'm paying for the subscription? So I don't have to see commercials? I get it. During a live game, nobody has control over that. It's a live game. But come on, man. In the highlights, when I go after... No. Let me know what you guys think. Because that's what they're going to keep doing. They just now, I've like I've said this before. Any smart company, when I heard this when I was young, it did not make sense to me until it finally clicked. Like years later, I heard like a super smart CEO say, "The worst thing that a company could ever do to itself is start to post profits." You would be like, what? Yeah. No, Netflix has no profits. Uber's showing no profits. Amazon, it's the worst. Because once you start showing profits, year after year after year after year, you have to beat those. And if you work in any sales, anything to do with sales, even in car sales, if you had like a crazy month, crazy August because of like weird circumstances different promotions whatever it is guess what from now on you are getting judged on that month because you were able to do it one time so it's all so clearly it's doable I'm telling you That's what happens with these companies who are showing profits. And that's why, like, the whole stock market and all that stuff, that's when it becomes a lot gamesy. I'm going to keep that to Conspiracy Tuesday. We'll keep that on that day. UFC 261 breakdown. This is the first live event. I'm excited. Because there's been a lot of fighters. A lot of fighters. I don't know why. But I hate, I hate when I hear a fighter say they preferred to, they preferred fighting with no fans. I don't know why. They felt that they fought better with no fans. Because, first of all, it's not ever going to happen again. Hopefully, you know. Hope, the whole point is to always have fans. So the fact that you fight better in that scenario means, man, like that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And maybe you just showed us the best that you can possibly do. Like there's in the fight world, you hear of these uh, boxers that are like amazing in the gyms, like amazing in the gyms. But then under the bright lights, they couldn't do it. They couldn't perform the same way. And the one of the biggest examples of that is on this card. And that's actually Uriah Hall, who I'm going to get to. Jacksonville, Florida, first live event. It's going to be crazy. Um, I really like, it's so weird how... I can only speak on where I'm living, which is in Ottawa, Canada. 
and in Ontario, our restrictions have been getting like way more strict. Way more strict. Our numbers have been going up. But somehow, man, I think because they have the vaccine there and they've been getting the vaccine a lot faster than us, but especially in Florida, they're living, man. This event, a live event. Like if you tell somebody in Canada, there's going to be a live event, 15,000 people happening. They can't even tell you like they see that happening in August. Like... This is like, our restrictions are way crazier now. So for this to be happening in Jacksonville, Florida, hopefully, man, this is just good signs. Let's get down to the card. Kamaru Uzman versus Jorge Masvidal. Again, for anybody just breaking in, I'm explaining gambling odds. If there's a minus before the number, that's the amount that you have to bet to make $100 because that person's a favorite. If there's a plus beside that person uh, beside a person's number, then they're an underdog. And every $100 that you bet, you will make whatever's right beside that plus sign. That's how I that's how it makes sense to me. Hopefully that's how it hopefully that made sense to you guys. Minus 450. So Kamaru Usman, the champ, is minus 450. Jorge Masvidal is plus 325. But honestly, he's plus 450 by KO, TKO, or everything other than uh him winning in any other way other than decision. And if you believe that Masvidal is going to win, you're gonna go by KO, like that's how he's like, KO or TKO, so plus 450. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Kamaru Uzman in that weight class is that man. But one thing about Kamaru Usman is you can get into his head. You can like you can make him angry. And if you get him angry, what if he actually does end up wanting to stand up with Jorge Masvidal? Standing up with Gilbert Burns is cool. And it's hard because Gilbert Burns can strike. But let's be honest. Gilbert Burns just learned how to strike like in the last two years. Jorge Masvidal has only striking. That's his like boxing is his thing. And I don't care, but you'll. And we saw an example of this play out. Even though it's a ridiculous example, Ben Askren versus Jake Paul, and for anybody that 
I'm going to go off on this right now, but, and I'm going to get back to this, but anybody that supports Ben Askren or thinks, oh, who cares? He made money. To me, that guy has no class. He gave up. He showed up with no intention. With zero intention. He didn't train. I don't know. To me, I just, as a person, why would I want to ever be coached by someone that can't even be disciplined himself? You know, honestly, like, even Ben Askren's students should, like, quit. Why would you want to be trained by a guy that can't even take anything serious? That's the sad part. It ended up making Van Askren the joke and Jake Paul, the guy who's actually taking martial arts serious. That's crazy. Getting back to it. Jorge Masvidal. If Kamaru Usman tries to stand up with Masvidal. Now, Masvidal also stopped 11 of Usman's takedowns, which is unheard of. But you also have to remember Masvidal fought. Masvidal's training partner is who? Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington. And Masvidal used to be training partners and friends. Before Kobe went on and took this persona and uh, started to get people to write his lines and shit. Like this guy actually got former WWF and WWE writers to write his scripts. (laughs) This guy's a G. He committed. But... You got to be able to back it up and, you know, Kamara Usman. And there's a lot of guys that fucked him up. Um, so, Jorge Masvidal's conditioning is what it is. He has the timing. Jorge Masvidal, I think, is going to win and I would take the plus 450 odds the only reason I'm saying this look at the odds you can get Masvidal at plus 450 by KO TK or Discord Masvidal's okay and this is a big thing about Masvidal too why I'm taking him here Masvidal had a point where everything flipped for him. Where he stopped fighting not to lose because he always had doubt in himself. Oh, maybe I didn't train hard enough. Maybe I could have worked, uh, had better cardio. So let me just, you know, see, let me stay alive, not lose. Now he fights to win. So what does that mean? He gives himself no excuses in training camp. So in training camp, 
He works his hardest on his cardio. He works his hardest on everything. So now when he walks into the uh, to the cage, he's going like, I'm going to go all out. I've trained. I have the best cardio I possibly can. I was able to go 10 rounds. This is just five with wrestlers. Da, 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 da. I can go all out. And Masvidal being able to go all out, like how he was able to in the first round, and stuffing Usman's takedowns doesn't seem like a big thing. But if it comes down to standing up, boxing, let's let the hands fly. I'm a bet the odds are just too good on Masvidal for this. They're just too good. If Masvidal, his training camp, everything that he's talking about, all that stuff that comes up, that's why I'm waiting till Saturday. That's what I'm telling you. Right now, I would take Masvidal with the plus 450. From now till Saturday, we're, we're going to hear more about his weight cut, how that went. Because it's his cardio. That's all you worry about from Masvidal. His cardio. If in his head he feels that he did enough and his cardio is good to go, I don't even think it'll take the five rounds. I really don't. Because I think Usman... The thing I love about real like champions, the great certain champions like Khabib and GSP, is they did not give a fuck about what the casual fan wanted. That's why I love Floyd too. Uh, like I hate Floyd because he started this bullshit start picking your fighters and caring about the zero. He started that culture. That's why I hate him as a promoter. I hate Floyd Mayweather as a promoter. But I love Mayweather as a boxer. Floyd as a boxer, it's because he knew what he was so good at. What he was better than you at. And he was just going to tell you, alright, you know what I'm better than you at. Beat me. Same thing with Habib. You know the wrestling's coming. What are you going to do? Complain? Stop it. If you can stop it, stop it. But I swear, GSP almost fell into that. Where people start falling into the casuals. And what do they start doing? They take, they start standing up with somebody that they shouldn't stand up with. Look at Anderson Silva and Chris Weidman. Again, Chris Weidman, he's fighting Uriah Hall. And Chris Weidman, man, I'm going to get to him. I forgot about how great that guy was and what he did. Uh, but Anderson Silva, one, like, what was it, like 30 seconds? And you guys will not believe me. 
But I swear to God, before the fight, I said, I was like, this white, I was like, yo, I was like, Anderson Silva's going to lose. And I'm an Anderson Silva fan. I wanted him to, I was the, everybody was on Vitor's side. I was on Silva's side when he kicked him right up the fucking jaw and knocked him out. But I just, I don't know, I had a feeling. And what it was, was Silva was taking him lightly, messed up for a second. And ever since then, man, Anderson Silva, people say, oh, well, what about the rematch? He broke his leg. That's not fair. I like that's life, man. That's life. From that point, everything went downhill. When you don't take the person that you have in the ring serious and you don't go in there and look at it as a job, like, yo, I'm just going in there to beat you, win, finish it. Why am I going to put myself at extra risk when you don't have to? And that's why... I feel like Usman, I feel like Masvidal is going to get him. Masvidal is going to get him. So take Masvidal. Zhang Weili versus Rose Naman Yunus. Okay. Rose, you have to watch Rose fight. I love the way Rose fights. There's nobody... Like, no offense, but there's the woman. Ex- there's maybe Amanda Nunes is the only other woman missing on this, but the best women, other than Amanda Nunes, of course. Who make, who are going to remind us why women's UFC is like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, why we tolerate it in the other cards. Because we get to see this. Like, Rose is the best of the best strikers. She is the... Israel Adesanya of the women's division. That's how fluent it is. It's just... It's beautiful to watch. It is art. Like, she says it herself. She calls it art because it is. And she describes it perfect. Like, it does something to people when they watch it. And it really does when you watch her fight. Um... But Zhang Wei Li, man, she has a line in there where she said, when we find a weakness, we hire the best to fix it. And they went and got this three-time black belt jujitsu. Her weakness was her ground game in her wrestling, and she went and got the best of the best. The only thing about Zhang Wei Li 
is if you seen her fighting against Valentina. Sorry, when you saw her fight. Um, I'm forgetting the girl's name. Jevchenko. When she was fighting uh, Jada Jevchenko. You could not break her will. Like, like. She was in a brutal, brutal bloodbath. And she didn't get knocked out. So Rose, I love her. But Rose is mentally fragile and mentally weak. And this is five rounds. This isn't three. And I just think Zhang Wei Li is going to take her down, mount her, and break Rose's will. And Rose will give up. If it's not going her way, she will give up. So, I would take Zhang Wei Li minus 200. I would take that all day. I love Rose. I want Rose to win. But in fighting, when it's the championship, and when it's like the best versus the best, because you can look like the odds are almost so close. Minus 200 in the championship fight, that's a, like a very close championship fight. Mental, man. The mental game and just... Rose isn't there yet. I hope. I hope. I really do. I wish she is there. It'll be amazing. I just don't think she is. She hasn't shown anything to prove that she is. And on top of all that, like I said, there's a belt involved. Last time she had the belt, when she lost... It's not like she lost on purpose. She got dropped on her head. It was a fluke loss to begin with. But she said that she was happy to no longer have the belt. And the pressure of the belt. And it's not more of the opponents or anything like that. She just doesn't like the media attention. And the media availability. And all the press. Everything that comes with the belt. Right? When you win the belt. Now you have to be, you have to go on ESPN, whether you like it or not. You have to go on L, whatever it is. Like you have to become more media friendly. That's what it was that she didn't like. Could that creep back in her head? You know, from now till Saturday when she starts going through all her media engagements again. Will she get reminded of what it's like? Because you saw it was Zhang Li. She talks about it too. How, how she felt it. She wasn't able to train properly because she's always on the go to all these media events. And, and obviously she wants to do it. She loves to do it. But the food, the go, the jet lag, everything gets a hold of you. But she still wants it. Because she went and got the best of the best. And she ain't giving it up. That's why I don't think Rose wants it that much. People are being like, I'm telling you. 
She doesn't want it that much. Watch her. Watch her interviews. Really watch her. And this, are you convinced that she wants it? Because if she can't convince us, how is she convincing herself? I'm telling you, it's the media obligations, I think, from now. That might creep up into her head. And Rose isn't like a meathead. That's the thing about her. Is she's very cerebral. And sensitive. You know what I mean? And like that's usually the great fighters are in touch with their emotions and creativity. So it allows them to be so creative and fluid. So that's why like, you know what I mean? All that stuff weighs on her if she lets it. And I just don't think she's found a way. Or maybe she cares enough to want it. Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. Don't even like... Valentina Shevchenko is a minus 450. Take her. If you want to... If you're parlaying anything and you need something. An easy add-on parlay. Add Valentina Shevchenko just to win. Just to win. Don't complicate it. Just to win. Jessica Andrade is so overrated. She, I Like I just said, she beat Rose in a fluke. Dropped her. She just good at like... She has a barrage of punches. Comes straightforward punching. Straight. Like nothing technical. Literally just straight punches. And Valentina Shevchenko like... People say she beat Amanda Nunes the second time. Like, the only person that Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko really have is each other. That are the closest in the entire women's MMA. That's how great, great Valentina Shevchenko is. In every different aspect of martial arts. Even the mental. Like, oh man. Like, I wish Rose Naman Eunice had her mental strength. Rose would be a weapon. A weapon. If she had Valentina's mind set, mental strength, Rose would be a weapon. Rose would be Hannah. <laughs> That that movie that was on Amazon of that girl. That's what Rose would be if she had Valentina Shevchenko's mindset. Jessica Andrade, she's just a name. She had, so they can say former title winner, but it was a fluke. She lost right away. Uh, Rose beat her, and Valentina is is a is levels. Levels ahead of Rose. Now, Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall. Mental. I'm telling you, man. The mental aspect is... It's like here. On center stage 
on UFC 261. You have people that have been proven to be mentally strong versus people that have had, unfortunately, um, weak mental mental collapses. Mental collapses. On 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 live show during a live fight. In front of millions of people. Which sucks. Because when we have ours. They're. Probably in front of nobody. These people you can watch it over and over. When they have their mental collapses. Which sucks. But again. You look at it. Uriah Hall. Versus Weidman. The first time they ever fought was before Weidman made it to the championship. Made it to the UFC, sorry. Before he even made it to the UFC, he fought Uriah Hall. And Uriah Hall at that time was known as the man. He was a knockout. A friend of Weidman, a girl called Weidman and told him, watch out. Um, Uriah's dangerous. He's really strong. Like, that's how, like, underestimated Weidman was. And he beat the shit out of Uriah Hall. And then Weidman made it to the UFC. And, man, Weidman beat legends. I don't care what you say. He beat Anderson Silva twice. Twice. Vitor beat him Machida he beat him and if people have been collecting like a recognition of beating Machida in these last three years Weidman beat him like six years ago like when Machida was still in his prime or near like like about to fall off his prime so was Vitor I'm like and I remember Uriah Hall. It's he's plus one hundred because nobody knows. Like this is the closest a fight you can get. It's pretty much almost a pick 'em. Um, but obviously Uriah Hall is the underdog, but he's so close. Like for a guy that's. A worldwide champion like Weidman. The age difference isn't... There isn't really that big of an age difference. If any. You know. Between them. But for the odds to still just be that close. Instead of like Weidman being minus 450. Tells you about Uriah Hall's talent. And how undisputed his talent is. But that's what I love about competition in sport. Is talent can only get you so far. And sometimes the group. And majority of the times. The greatest of the sport are never the most talented. But then when you get like. People to become like the most talented. Start taking it more seriously. It gets scary right. Like John Jones. John Jones 
is the most talented and the greatest. That's what makes him the scariest. Because when he tries and he actually takes it serious, he can. Dude, how are you going to beat him? Without using weapons. <laughs> so, to get back to this, if we're going with mentally strong and people that have been mentally strong and been able to prove it time after time, and I think that's the story of this card for me, that's why... I'm going with Weidman. Minus 125. I think at minus 125, it's a steal. It's honestly a steal. You could hold off, and I would too. Because Weidman has always... It's the weight cuts. Weight cuts for him too. But right now, at minus 125, it shouldn't be any problems. Weight cuts or anything. COVID or anything, but... Saturday, I'll give an update. Let me know what you guys think of UFC 261. What do you guys think of my picks? You guys know what the email is. It's Ali, A-L-I, 1111, Kameha, K-M-A-I-H-A, at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Okay. Hopefully you just heard um, the UFC 261 breakdown and story of mental health. I guess that's what got me talking about what I started talking about subconsciously. Um, after looking at this card and going through these fighters and their stories. Yeah, it's weird. Listen, if you don't know what I'm talking about, come on, man. Just listen to the beginning. Put it at speed 1.2. NFL draft. You know what I like? I like when you can put people, things, they can put it on the air and they stand by it. And year by year you can tell, hey, you know what? Maybe this guy knows what he's talking about or maybe he doesn't. So one guy that I do have to give his props is um, former NFL quarterback Chris Sims. His dad is uh, also was also a pro NFL quarterback uh, for the New York Giants. And his dad, um, the NFL analytics thing, uh, what is it called? His dad owns it. So they're like his dad's really into analytics. What is that NFL analytics one that everybody uses? Whatever. His dad owns it. Which is crazy. But him, you got I gotta give him credit because he called out a lot of these quarterbacks. So I'm gonna tell you based on I'm gonna relay who the best quarterbacks are. So you can tell your friends. What you think. And then you watch them be like, what? You don't know this. You don't know that. And then you're going to be right. Because they just listen to the mainstream people. The best quarterback in this draft is Zach Wilson. 
somebody asks you why, you're going to tell them, because Zach Wilson has that arm. Have you seen him make the throws? He has Patrick Mahomes' throw ability. He can almost make the same passes that Mahomes can. He has that same strength, arm strength. And they're going to tell you, okay, but what about him not being a captain? So that was one thing that was brought up. Where did Zach Wilson go to? Zach Wilson went to BYU. BYU is a different type of college or university than the other ones. It's it's a more religious one. Uh, typically, like when you go there in the first year, uh, some of majority of the people that attend the school or even the players, they go and they serve for two years. Sometimes they go to like Guatemala, different countries and help people. So the school that he's at is a different type of school. And the type of students that he's in there with, he's in. he has people that are two years older than him, maybe three. Because like I said, the whole serving um, and men coming back to school. So they don't give out their captain. And even if you hear the coach talk, who's a really great dude, um, if you hear him talk, like they give real captains. And they're not going to make a quarterback a captain for a captain for the sake of it. So him not being a captain has nothing to do with like nobody likes him. Like in that movie, uh, Draft Day, where nobody attended the guy's birthday party. Um, and he's going to the Jets. So Zach Wilson is the guy. He loves football. He studies football. He apparently is still watching BYU's spring practice game tape and like calling the coach up. Like, and he can make those throws. Damn. If I was Jacksonville, this is the thing that sucks about media hype. Because look what's happening. I'm going to get to Justin Fields. So imagine if they don't even go with Trevor Lawrence. And to be honest with you, Zach Wilson is going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. My number two best quarterback is Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond, if you watch his highlights, he has a throw all in his highlights against Texas State. Where a grown man, announcer, just goes, that's, this throw is stupid. He goes, no, 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 like this throw is just stupid. Like that's how crazy of a throw it is. Kellen Mond is going to be this year's Justin Herbert. And again... I don't have much listeners, so feel free to take that and claim it as yours. As long as you subscribe and write me an email. I'm cool with it. Take it as yours. Tweet it out. Put it on Instagram, YouTube, 
Say that it's mine, that it's yours. I don't care. But I'm telling you, Kellen Mond's going to be the Justin Herbert. And if you guys, oh, for the people, you know what? Even if people are buying cards, buy the Kellen Mond card. Buy one and put it to the side. Hey, what if I am right? What's 10 bucks? Or, sorry, I take that back. What if you're right? Because <laughs> it is your opinion now. Number three. Okay, Mac Jones is going number three. Okay? So that's why I have him third. Because he is going to the 49ers. The coaching staff and everybody around the league believe that Mac Jones to the 49ers. Now, why? Why do I believe this now that it is Mac Jones? I'm going to tell you why. First things first, if you've heard anybody talk about Shanahan, they will tell you, in, and they'll say it in a jokingly way, that Shanahan believes that he can plug any quarterback into his system and they will have success. That's how... And the people around him also believe that too. Even the players believe that. That's how great of a coach Shanahan is. Okay? What are the strengths of Mac Jones? Accuracy and the way he can see the field and understand plays and playbook. It's his intelligence. That's it. That's all he has. He has no mobility. He can understand playbooks very quickly. He's very smart. That's why his offensive coordinator. Like, that's given. Even the guy at Alabama, the the quarterback. No, sorry, not the quarterback. The wide receiver. He's like a genius. Savant, apparently. When it comes to the Heisman Trophy winner. Of his game knowledge and film and and knowing what defense you're gonna come up and what you're gonna do. Like he is real but he only weighs 167 pounds. He's six feet, 160 pounds. That's why I would take the LSU kid all day over him. Cause this isn't a video game. Like you can get hurt on the field. When you weigh 160 pounds, I don't care. I do not care. You weigh 160 pounds and you're going to play wide receiver? Or what? If I'm guarding, like if I'm the corner, I know no coach is ever going to let you run down, like run through the middle like Edelman. They won't. So all your routes are going to be out. To the outside, to the outside, to the outside. You're not going to the middle because you'll get killed. Mac Jones is going to 49ers, okay? So, I feel bad for Justin Fields. You know why? 
Because people have been lying to him. People made him believe that he was going to be the third pick. You know why? Because people are either scared to tell the truth. Because what happened as soon as... Let's be honest. We all know and we all believe that the 49ers are a smart organization. Correct? Correct. So... When they went up right away, everybody, what was the answer? They're, they went up to grab Mac Jones. When there was backlash, what happened? They started to say, oh no, they're open, they're open, they're open to other places, to other quarterbacks. It's not set yet. And they even went to a Justin Fields uh, workout and a Trey Lance workout. No. While they have Jimmy Garoppolo, let's not act like they are Jacksonville and they don't have a quarterback. They don't. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. And they still had to put their tail between their legs and still go to Justin Fields and Trey Lance Because of the backlash of the media. Because they didn't want it to turn into like a race thing. Because people were lying about Justin Fields' weaknesses. Justin Fields is an elbow thrower. That's bad. He has horrible mechanics. There's a lot of stuff about Justin So, I'm saying this to tell you, Mac Jones is going to get drafted third. The three quarterbacks that you like are going to be Zach Wilson, Calamond, and then if they, what are the 49ers going to do? They're drafting Mac Jones. What's going to happen to Justin Fields? This is like, if I'm a quarterback, if I am a quarterback in high school and in college, and you're like Justin Fields, and now you're finding out that you have mechanical problems, elbow, you throw using your elbow, man. What is that going to do? And I want to address the Trevor Lawrence thing. I'm calling it right now. Right now. I'll bet whoever, whatever. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a backup quarterback. In the league. He is going to be a backup quarterback in the league. He's not as good as Andrew Luck. Not even close. Not even close to Andrew Luck. He's not as fast. And I don't think he is as... He doesn't comprehend the systems as fast. And when he didn't have a five-star... Offensive line, we saw what happened to him this year. 
And people are going to be like, oh, well, you're going to do all... Yes, I am. What, you're going to go all, all over his first year? Come on, man. Come on, man. Get out of here. I'm telling you. He ain't the guy. I just... I can't wait till the NFL draft. I really can't. But... Wow. Mac Jones, man. He's actually going to go in the third round. He's going up. What do you guys... You get, what do you guys think is going to happen with Garoppolo? Are they going to just keep both of them? And see what happens? Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys think. What you guys thought of today's podcast. So far... Oh, NBA. I'm going to, like, to be honest with you about the NBA, I keep hearing all these, like, analysts and everybody trying to watch and trying to look in every game and trying to find something that's going to give them an idea of what the playoffs could look like. You know what I mean? Like, what could every team look like in the playoffs? And the answer is, nobody seems to know. Because every team is missing players. Every team is uh, has different rest or are playing back-to-back games. Have five games in a six-day six schedule. Like, so every game, you're not getting anything out of it. If you're trying to see what you're going to get, we're not. I feel like this, is, this would be the best time for the NBA. And it makes, honestly, the most sense to create two titles in the NBA. I'm being dead serious. You have a regular season title. So what you do is you get rid of the East and the West Conference. It just becomes one. Right? Like the English Premier League. I hope they do that. You know what they should do? You know how a bunch of American owners bought English teams... I swear, a bunch of Europeans should buy NBA teams and turn the NBA league into that. And then they have relegations with the... uh, What's their affiliates? The G League. Yep, G League. You You buy a team in the G League and there's teams that go up and go down. Yeah. Then... We'll see how money gets spent in Minnesota. How long coaches last. When people don't understand why in uh, soccer managers get fired on a regular basis. Have relegations in the NBA. And see how long coaches would last. Imagine this year, Minnesota 
who else? Who would it be? Like Minnesota and Orlando, maybe? Imagine that. Minnesota and Orlando could be dropping. Yeah. You know what they should do, though? They should get rid of it. Have 1 to 20. Because I believe this... It's either we're all overreacting to this year. But every year it seems similar. Not really. You know what? Thinking of this out loud, I do have to say we're all overreacting to this year. Because even in the bubble, you knew the Lakers because you saw it, right? We were fighting the stats. The stats showed you, hey, what were they? They were like undefeated when they went into the second half, when they went in at halftime with the lead, the Lakers last year. That's incredible to have that record. Undefeated. So that tells you that they're a team that when they get the lead, they don't let it go. Like, they don't have a concentration problem. Like a defensive alertness problem. Where they lack defensive awareness sometimes. After they get the lead. So it's not their defense. It's obviously their offense that struggles sometimes. That's okay. I'm saying this to say, this year... We should just enjoy every regular season game. There have been some crazy ones. Um, the Phoenix Suns and uh, Philly, Philly. The refs in every game have to stop. Knicks, congratulations to the Knicks. Um, I was watching it. The Atlanta Hawks were up. Uh, until Trey Young got hurt, when Trey Young got hurt, I stopped. Um, I stopped watching it because I wanted to see how him and uh, Bogdanovich were playing together. And Bogdanovich is—he was doing a little bit too much when I was watching him to my liking, uh, trying to put on too much. And Trey was actually doing the opposite, which surprised me. Um, but And it also felt for like the first time that somebody else on that team likes Trey. Like I think Bogdanovich really likes Trey. And I think he's the only guy on that team that likes Trey. I think they became best friends. Because you can see when he hurt himself, Bogdanovich is the only guy the way he ran to him. And the way he was talking, it looked different than, like, because you know his other teammates did not like him. But you can also see, because of their friendship, the shots that Bogdanovich starts taking. You know what I mean? Like, if you watch it, you can tell. Because if they weren't that friendly, you can, like, Bogdanovich would not be running and taking certain shots that he was taking. When he was completely off. The NBA. Uh, Denver. I won a man. I said it. 
in the podcast. That's what I love about podcasts is nobody can tell me, oh, no, you didn't say it. I said it. I was like, yo, Denver is my Spurs. Denver are my Spurs, my old Spurs, the Tim Duncan Spurs. So when I look, so I was thinking of it. If I look at it in that perspective, not the Utah Jazz. Get out of here with that. If Jokic is my Tim Duncan, okay? Who is my Manu? Michael Porter is your Manu. Right? So Jamal Murray was your um, Tony. So, could the Spurs have won a championship without Tony? With just Tim Duncan and Manu? It's hard, right? Because Tony Parker won finals MVP. When a lot of people say somebody, other people should have got it, but whatever. Finals MVP. Um, the guy that's number five, I forgot his name, Barton, who's playing the point guard, he can score, but it just doesn't seem as natural or as fluent and as reliable as when Murray does it. Aaron Gordon, what Utah... How far, sorry, how far Denver ends up going is now based on the role that Aaron Gordon or somebody else plays. Nobody's worried about Michael Porter or Jokic. Can the others be as reliable? We remember, when Paul Millsap came through, they won. When they didn't, when Paul Millsap, Barton... Like, this is a time where um, Hill... From uh, Detroit... What's the kid from Detroit? Gary Hill Jr.? Gary Hill? Grant Hill Jr.? If he was on the Nuggets this year and he took that exact money, would he have not been getting the offense that he wanted? He would have been playing more. That's the only thing that I really don't like about certain players sometimes. Jeremy Grant is... When they like go from a really good situation to a shitty situation just for their numbers. Like, what is how much happier is Jeremy Grant possibly be? They offered him the exact same money, and now he's stuck in Detroit. With a team that has nothing. Just because you wanted to shoot. 
three or four more times a game? Like, come on, man. Think about it. Jamal Murray got injured. They would have been able to run stuff through Jeremy Grant this year. And to be honest with you, if they had Jeremy Grant, would we give up on him? Would they be in the same place as they had Jamal Murray? You let me know, because I think they'd be in the exact same place as Jamal Murray if they had Jeremy Grant right now. Maybe even better, because you don't have to worry about getting the ball to Jamal Murray every now and then. You can just play through Jokic, everything through Jokic, if you had Jeremy Grant there right now. You guys know the email. It's ali 11 gmail.com. It's in the description of the podcast. Let me know what you guys think. And hopefully uh, you like today's episode, the recap, and um, the fight, UFC fight card. Look forward to giving you guys your updates on Saturday and Uh, reading, and giving out some advice. Talk to you guys soon. Ramadan Karim.